Good evening. Welcome to the Laughing Monkey Music Show. Today I'm Doug Pinnock. How are you? I'm doing great. <laughs> no complaints. Everyone knows you from King's X, um, and a billion of your side projects, but we're talking about King's X. Very exciting. Heard the album. Really, really awesome album. Totally. Thank you. I, I like literally, you shouldn't get a preview of an album. I hear it. I'm, I dig it. You know, I've been lucky. I've got a lot of good ones this year. But man, this is, I got to say, probably, probably like a top album of yours. I think it has Thank so, you. Much, so much diversity. It's not a dig towards the other ones. I love the other ones, mm-hmm. but it feels like you've got so much in this. Like it feels like, like all the years of you got of you doing everything, has culminated culminated into just into this nice little package of diversity. You know, it's. I know. would agree. <laughs> um, I would. I would agree, and it's love. It's, it's great to hear you saying that. You know, that's what that's what we want people to hear because. That's how we did it. We put our hearts into it. And, and, you know, people are asking, you know, why it took us so long. Well, after, you know, 14 records, I think it was, you know, we just felt like we didn't have anything really to offer that was yeah. special. You know, and we can do solo records and I can do side projects and all kinds of stuff. But, but there's something special about King's X that, that the people love. And we didn't feel like we could give them that standard. So we, just backed off for a while and then finally uh the day came around where it just all hit us where we had some songs and and uh, we were talking and hanging out and just we said let's make a record it's been 14 years and i think we got some stuff here you know so we just felt encouraged after listening to some of some of each other's demos and stuff and yeah and it just came out that way but literally we wanted to make sure it was it had to be something special for our people, you know, or else what's the use of doing it? Well, I love to do deep dives. And you know, last time we talked about some of the artwork and you're trying to explain some of the artwork on some of the albums. We had a fun time about that. So I want to talk <laughs> about some of the songs and the artwork. Even you were like, one of them, you're like, I don't even know what that is. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, is that a baby head? It was funny. We had a good time. But um, <laughs> this new album cover is great. It's, Thank uh, you. The colors are great. The art's great. I like the title, Three Sides of One. It really feels like it's, all three of you guys meeting, you know, and, and, and I don't know. It's like, a, it's like, the, it's, it's the perfect mix. Like I, I'm like speechless because I think you guys <laughs> awesome. all just hit, you guys have hit your stride on a level. Like we're all three of you. were just together. You know what I mean? Yeah. The, we the album is, isn't heavy. Like, isn't like a heavy album or just a soft album. Or like sometimes this one has got so much dynamics. Like I'm like, is that King's X? Like it sounds like even the vocals, the harmonies. I know you're not a big, uh, you get, uh, Burned on the Beatles, a lot of Beatlesque. Uh, oh yeah, harmonies. Always Beatles. I know, I know. Always. I love the Beatles, but it's... always Beatles. That's our middle name, Beatles. Are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah, but you don't sound like it's just like it because I, I think it's not a lot of bands that actually do harmonies. Is what it uh, is. Yeah. I mean, if you really I think was, about it, there really is true. I was playing uh, the Guess Who today. I found an old cassette. Wow, and it, it was uh, I was playing Bus Rider, and I sat there thinking, "Wow, listen to those harmonies," or, or Uriah Heep, oh, or uh, Three Heap, Dog yeah. Night. It's like even yes, everybody back oh. in the day, it was just common that everybody sang. I wonder what happened because a lot of people don't sing like that. Anymore. They don't, and I think that's why you guys. I mean, I can say, "Oh, you guys are the Beach Boys too," because you guys harmonize. I mean, oh, you can yeah. do that. Um, and, and that's the thing: nobody or very few people in the band sings. You know. Mm-hmm. Or harmonies are usually like one good singer, or then there's another guy that'll do background. But not everybody can be like lead vocalists and mm-hmm. carry, the, carry a tune, you know. Yeah. And that's by the strength of you guys, and that's why you guys have you know, the solo projects and everything else. Thanks. <laughs> what, 
<laughs> and they're always good projects, but like when you said you guys were hanging out, I don't even imagine you guys live near each other at this point, right? Like, no, I live in LA. Jerry lives in New Jersey and Ty's in Kansas City. Right. So if you guys to hang out, it almost feels like it's gotta be like an event. <laughs> like a birthday party or something. Um, the only time we hang out is when we get together to go play. Right. <laughs> yeah. So I imagine it's you guys sat down and jammed out a little when you guys had a good gig, right? And you guys would go, oh, this is some Yeah, I mean, well, now we had to rehearse for the last couple of gigs we did, but because we hadn't played for two and a half years. But uh, but before that, yeah, we never rehearsed. We, we'd not play for three months and fly to Sweden and play Sweden Rock Fest the first night out, walk on the stage, <laughs> you know, cold and do it, you know. And You'd probably do that to make it laugh. exciting, right? Well, we laughed at each other and go, you know, we don't even rehearse, you know, and and we laugh about it. And, and you know, when we get out on stage, we do mess up. And But by the time we get to the second verse, we got it. <laughs> well, you know, it's like when, when a couple are together for so long, you know, each is words, each sentence is. Yeah, you, know I mean? you guys exactly. can go to a room separately. You guys can show up at the same event separately and know you're going to be on the same page when you talk about something. Exactly, exactly. You know, it's just a relationship with three people, mm-hmm. you know which is harder than two, you know? Yeah, it's true. The title, who came up with that? Because usually a title sometimes has to do with the, um, the lyrics. Or the, yeah, well, we couldn't, think, we couldn't think of a name. Uh, nobody seemed to have anything running through their head or was concerned. And usually in the past, somebody always has something and we go run with it, you know? But, but this time, nothing was coming to anybody. And... Right before they had, we had to do the release date and the press release and the album cover name, mm-hmm. our manager called up and says, look, we need a name. <laughs> and nobody responded. And so he said, well, how about Three Sides of Truth? And I remember thinking, mm, Truth <clears throat> is a bit too pretentious. Let's try one, Three Sides of One. And everybody went, yeah, sounds fine. And uh, then we thought about it for a second. Yeah, that works. Good. Good. And so it was just sort of like like everything else we do. It just comes up and yeah. there's not a lot of thought work. behind I mean, anything. You, yeah. Three Sides of Truth. is You got to give your manager some props on that one to pull that one out. No, but I, you guys said nothing, right? Yeah, we <laughs> gotta give some, You got to give some credit. You gotta just, oh, yeah, it was one like, for him. This was one good. came out. With... Good, I think it was a good start. Yeah. Um, but one is, is it so the artwork – is it somebody different this time doing the artwork? Because usually you guys have a picture or some kind of crazy background. Yeah, well, more... you know, for me personally, I don't want to be on the front cover of anything anymore. I'm 72 years old. Who gives a fuck? Just an old man trying to look cool. I don't I don't care. You know, um, and so I remember uh, I, I was saying, I don't want to I don't want to be on the front cover of this record. Let's find an illustrator. And uh, so we sent the music to this guy and said, would you just come up with something? And the only thing we were really talking about was we were really excited about it being a record, you know. That was the whole thing about making this was making a record. It wasn't making a CD or something to stream. We wanted to make a piece of art that sounded great on a record player like it did back in the day. And um, even played it on, uh, it's a double record played on 45 there's three songs aside so that we can get the best quality and we done the record completely analog except for pro tools everything went down with tubes and mastering was tubes and everything wow. so we really worked hard at sonically wanting to get that record to be something that was a classic and for some reason the guy made up a, a cover that to me 
back when I was 22 years old and 72, I'd go to the store and buy that record and come home. And I would just examine that record, just continually examine it with all the things. And I think this record does that. And that's is what we're trying to go for. That's awesome. Because I, yeah, I'm saying I've two record shows and I have tons of records. And I love it. That's what I love about records. It's because yeah. there was no internet. You open it up, you know, like take a Leonard Skinner or some tour. Like, you usually get the records when the band was on tour. Right. Time to do anything. So they have pictures from the tour inside the right. album cover. So it's like, going around their tour. You know what I'm saying? It's like they're all on the bus and there's all kinds of recording studio headphones and there's these crazy shots exactly. of purple. And there's this double fold, gatefold album stuff. Yeah. I mean, you know? it was five, almost four or five records in before I ever got to see what Led Zeppelin looked like. <laughs> you know, I mean, even I remember the third record came out and I looked on the back and there was like a drawing of them and Robert Plant's hair was all white, big, and they just looked so cool, but it still was not a real picture. <laughs> right. And that's the Amazing. thing. I mean, it's, it, it, it changed me, but you also had like three albums to break yourself too. You know what I mean? Yeah, true. Think of the bands that are huge. Zeppelin, out of the gate, the first album, you know, if they had to do it, yeah. they wouldn't have been here. Aerosmith, the first couple albums yeah, are classics. True. But they weren't yes. radio friendly. No, they weren't. In fact, I love them. I love them more because they're raw myself. Yeah, me too. But, I saw Aerosmith yeah. on their first tour on the first record. They, they started monsters. out with Trent. Yeah, they were. They were amazing even then, you know. But you know what I'm saying? So it, it doesn't happen. Only only like the Eagles, I think, came out probably with like a pristine image sounding <laughs> nucleus because they were like, uh, yeah. uh, whose who's band? They were a backing band for, um, oh, I can't think of her name. Anyway. I forgot, so, but they got but they got Joe Walsh in there, which just leaped. I mean, yeah. what do you do with that? You know, yeah. And it harkens wow. back to 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 like this album. This is an it does feel like it's being an album. I'm excited to get that as an album. The songs you can get twelve songs. It's not it's not short. The songs aren't too long or too short. Oh, good. The the you know. When I listen to something, I'll listen to it, and then I'll like listen to it, like doing yard work. I listen to it in the car. I listen to headsets, mm-hmm. different speakers, mm-hmm. different different environments. Because some things you can do different activities with, right? And some you can just listen to. And this is one of all of them, you know, because it's really great. And I really love it in headphones. It's going to be great in your car stereo, but I sonically put good headphones on, not just earbuds, you know. Mm-hmm. Put, the good, put the good ones on. Oh yeah, the good ones. <laughs> and here, there's things that you don't normally hear. Yeah. In here, it's crisp. You'll feel like you're in the room with them. And that's exciting, you know. <laughs> I'm still hearing things. Yeah. You know, I, I don't listen to a record a, after we put it out. I'm done with it. But before that, I play it all the time. Um, and, yeah, I keep hearing little things. And a couple of days ago, I heard something that I hadn't heard before. And I'm going, well, I got to call Michael up and tell him I heard it. You know, so, yeah, that's exciting. Yes, that, that's what I really enjoy about it. Um, let's actually jump into some songs. Let it rain. Now, you have a couple singles out. And you mm-hmm. like leaked out. I actually got, I noticed, what is the release date? For the uh, September 2nd, day before my birthday. Okay, is it the 2nd? Okay. So everybody buy it. It's a good birthday gift for him. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Let's make this one go up to charge. Let's make this the biggest King's X record. That you oh, that, would, that would be cool. <laughs> would be cool you know? Um, but Let It Rain has been out for a while. You guys have been playing it live. Yeah. The nucleus of playing that song, first off, it's a fun song. Um, it feels like it's happy and sad at the same time. It's very melancholy, I think. It feels like it's very, um, you know, what's going on with life nowadays. But it's not yeah. downtrodden. It's, it's just, I'm aware. And I'm mm-hmm. happy, but I'm mm-hmm. very aware. Like, conscious, mm-hmm. maybe. I think a lot of us are. And no one, we don't have a, we don't have a spokesperson. 
all we hear is one side or the other. And it's so ridiculous, either side. Right. And then there's a whole bunch of us right in the middle, like, looking around going, yeah, this is happening, but I got to keep my cool and try to keep my head above the water and try to work it out. You know, and I think that's that's where I'm at. You know, well, I think I think with the lyrics, I know you guys all work together, but overall, it's oh, not not, not the lyrics. Uh, each, each one who wrote the song wrote right. the lyrics. But I'm saying like you guys have all. Your, uh, what I'm saying the content of all the lyrics separately oh. work together as one. Yeah. Ah, cool. That's what my point is. It's not preachy. Yeah. It's not uh-huh. like I don't even feel like it's a certain point of view. I feel like it's very. Um, here's what's here's what's going on. Here's what here's what we're saying. Think about mm-hmm. it. Just take yeah. it and, and it's very malleable and you want to, you know, work on it and, and, and process it. And all three of you, I couldn't tell you because I didn't have the um, the lyrics of oh, who wrote them. I have an idea by listening mm-hmm. to it. But mm-hmm. really, it, it, the lyrics are a lot more. This, this song on this album feel more interchangeable than the, than the other ones. Yeah. You know? Wow, cool. Um, Flood. Holy moly. Talk about the <laughs> I mean, it goes from like Pantera era riff into like uh-huh. the Beach Boys. God only knows, like it's got the melody and the power. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, when I wrote that song, all this stuff we wrote before the pandemic. Uh-huh. And um, when I wrote that song, um, it's called Flood Part One because it was a magnum opus song. It was like ten minutes. I had like four more parts in the song. Yeah. And as I'd play this song, I would go, "This is just." This is just this is like chariot song. It just went way out, out there. And I thought, you know, oh, fuck that. And so I took uh, four parts out, and wow. condensed it. And I went, wow, this this works. And and there's flood part two also. Oh, so, I was say, I that, mean, that's my whole point because you can't do part yeah. one and then not do it. Yeah, the other parts are part two, which are another song. Okay. And uh and I've got that finished too, so you'll probably hear it down the road. Right, uh good, but good. um um what was I gonna say on uh you think how you chopped oh, up the song? Oh yeah. Um and I remember when I chopped it up and put it together and it was like a train wreck rolling to a picnic or vice versa. And I thought to myself, Well that is what I do. And <laughs> and so I thought might as well just take it as far as we can. And um I played it for Ty and Jerry and they liked it. I was like, okay. And um, every time I even play it now, I laugh. Because after we come out of the brutal part and the violin comes in, and maybe, and you know, it's just Madhouse, you know, our house. (laughs) How, how, like, the song, the song order is very important on an album. Mm -hmm. Who came up with the song order? Michael Parnon. Hard job, man. Yeah, Michael Parnon did it. Uh, I I cannot sequence anything. Um, I think I'm the worst sequencer in the world. And the reason why is because whatever song that I worked on first, I'm sick of. So it goes on the end. It's all emotional. You never can, you know. And so Michael said, he said he was going to sequence it. He said he's the master sequencer. And he said, you guys don't even worry about it. He, and, out, of uh, park, you, out of the park with that. Good. Piece. Well, you know the math behind it. There, it's a math. Mathematical. You can't just go like light, heavy, heavy, light, heavy. There's more to no. it than that. And that's what people don't uh, realize. It's, yeah, it's timing, pitch, length, mm-hmm. vibe. You know, How it's your all ears that. are tired from one thing, you want to be fresh for another thing. Exactly. And people don't realize that. They're like, oh, yeah, they skip mm-hmm. it through songs. They're like, no, it's usually put together for a reason. Yeah. It's, it's an event. It's a meal. Yeah. 
It is. I had a hard time with it at first because I'm going, no, 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 no. But now I listen to it and I'm going, this is going to be perfect for people. Oh, yeah. I couldn't, I was looking, I'm like, I couldn't have even known what to do with that one. So let's hop into, maybe talk a little bit, nothing but the truth. Yeah, that's my, that's my purple rain, you know, literally. um, Beautiful. I remember one day I was sitting there, I was thinking about purple rain and what an amazing what an amazing song that was, but, or to add to it, the influence where it came from, mm-hmm. which is me and Prince, um, I'm older than Prince, so so his influences are mine before he, him. So when I say it's my purple rain, it's it's me trying to put together that great soul song right. that soulful kind of vibe uh curtis mayfield kind of just you know and it, it came out okay it, it came out better than i expected it um there was one chord in it that ty changed that turned everything around and made it right um which i was happy for because you know whenever we uh bring a song in somebody might come along and go you know that chord change would be better if we did this one note and all of a sudden everything opens up, you know, anyway. No. And this song, I feel like it could have been from the seventies, but it, it could be actually from any time period, but it does feel yeah, like it, it is a seventies vibe. It feels 60, like 70. it pulls from that, that energy. That's yeah. Especially the bass line. Yeah. <laughs> I can't believe how loud the bass is in that song. I had nothing to do with that, but I'm thinking, damn, turn the bass down just a little, but then I go, no, Old soul songs, the bass was the loudest, you know. Yep. I grew there's up like, listening to. There's like five, I said there's five sounds from the band. There's the drums, guitar, bass, whoever's singing, and then all the harmonies. Yeah. There's the five sounds of the band. And they all, when they're produced right with a good song, they all need to stand out sonically in their right. own area, you know. Yeah. I think some Michael bands, did that. Yeah, and I don't think, some bands don't need bass up that high. Mm-hmm. It depends on the bands, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You're the band that the bass needs to be up there with everything else. That's just us and you two, Kings X yes. and you two. Just oh, yeah. we have loud bass, but without yeah. that bass, you know, it, it wouldn't be the same. It does. How about okay? So give it up. That's a, mm. that's a fun one. Yeah, I turned seventy when I wrote that song, and um, all of a sudden, all these thoughts were flooding in. Um, you're not immortal anymore. Uh, you might have 20 or 30 years left. Uh, so what you going to do now? You know, and I thought about, okay, how am I going to deal with this? And all of a sudden, it just all came to me. It's like all those lyrics are exactly what I was thinking. And, and you know, the, the, the last line is, you know, if you found your groove, hang on to whatever keeps you. You know, it's like, I'm, my, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And what's broke? let it go you know and, yeah. and um you know it's it's living day by day now living from day to day and enjoying the day and enjoying your life and looking back at what you've done with your life and instead of criticizing yourself forgive yourself and see and see the good things in it and and how it how it really was you know and even you know my mom died not too long ago and even her passing away helps me see the world in a different way even knowing, getting to know her after she passed away through other people and things like that. Oh, really? So, so it all just kind of, 
kind of it, it accumulated, you know, and um, and that's you know, I'm never going to give it up until the lights go out. Chris Cornell had killed himself, and I'm thinking, well, I mean, I know knew him, you know, and I'm going, that that was a blind side, you know. It's like I knew, you know, struggles and and all the stuff, but he, for where I was coming from, knowing him at this point in his life, he seemed like he was doing the greatest he ever was. Yeah. especially with his kids. I remember the last time they came to town, I went to see them and hung out. And uh, uh, he had to leave real quick. He said, I got to go home and put my kids to bed. And I mean, he left all the fans, all the friends, everybody they had to see, you know. And I, and I said, you do that. I said, I wish my dad would had been like that, you know. So I just, it just always blows my mind. And Chester too. But anyway, that song, I mean, a little bit of that was in the back of my mind. You know, because it seems like people are just killing themselves, and I, I don't understand. It you know, I want to, I, I want to be sympathetic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, well you know, the, yeah, yeah, sorry. Well, the, I, if you notice, well, first of all, I was going to say, like, with the pandemic, everything changed. I almost think the pandemic was just a, a magnifying glass on what was really happening. Yeah. Yeah. Everything was already exploding. It just got larger. People's attitudes got you saw it closer. It just made things mm-hmm. bigger. I think it was already there. Mm-hmm. I don't think the pandemic changed anything. I think mm-hmm. it was already changing. People just get more, more dug into their thoughts, less about other yeah. people, and then the pandemic just was like, you know, hit, hit it home. I mean, just you know, yeah, it did. Out, it you made know, everybody stop and think, or not think about other people, and, and you know, it, and, and then the, the deaths in the past three or four years, even also yeah. going back to, to Chris and, and Chester, it felt like that was just the beginning, because there's a lot of people now, thirties, forties. It's not like our remember like we were growing up. You see, you know, right. everyone's passed away. You're like, oh, that was my favorite show, Archie Bunker's place, or you know, mm-hmm. and they're like, but they were old, or they're a certain age, right? And now you're like mm-hmm. 39, 49 years old, right. people passing away, and some of them are actually natural causes. They're not like mm-hmm. rock and roll drug overdoses. They're like or suicide. They're natural causes. Right, right. And that's a it's, thing. things are different. Life yeah. is different. You know, it's and we can see it. You know, and it, you know, not to get philosophical, but you know, the corporations and the government and the powers that be and all that stuff, you know, you can go down a conspiracy rabbit hole forever, but some of that shit is true, you know, and that's the sad thing about it. And I don't know, we're, we're really stuck because whatever the truth is, the lies are killing us. Or people want to get out of their own way. There's a lot of history that people don't know about that's out there. That's what I'm saying. Some some heinous things that this this country's done. Oh. And you can read it and it's not conspiracy theories. It's fact. We went about that in school. And you and there's, mm-hmm. there's not crazy. I'm not going off the deep end here I'm saying, but there's true stuff that we've done as a country and it's out there, not as a mm-hmm. big huge level. You know, but but people don't want it to go their way because it changes the the um, envelope of safety that they're in. Right. It does. I mean and, and get their devices and do this and that. Mm-hmm. Get their car and whatever and trick it out. You can't, right. you know, be enjoying yourself if you're thinking about, you know, setting up setting up a war with Cuba or some kind of false attacks. You know what I'm saying? That kind, right. kind of stuff, you know? Well, there's a there's a percentage of humanity that, that um, don't pay attention to that stuff. And they're just in it to do what they do, you know? I saw this, uh, 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 it was a poll or a statistic or some kind of scientific fact. I'm not sure. You never know anymore. It was on YouTube. But, um they said that 40% of the people in the world don't have that voice in their head. 
Like I hear, I hear a voice 24 hours a day. I'm talking to myself mm-hmm. and there's 40 percent that don't. And I realize that, well, those must be the people that aren't paying attention. They're not looking ahead or looking behind. They're just living for the moment. And I'm looking ahead and looking behind. That's the difference between the two. So of course we're going to react different to things. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking what's going to happen to me down, down the road and other people are going tomorrow, whatever, you know, I don't, I, I, I'm, you know, right. so, and I've always been the type of person that wants to solve problems. I want to try to figure out why people think the way they do and why everybody are the way they are or is, because I want to find a common ground that we can get along with each other. And um, there's always two sides to every story and then the truth. And I've always lived with that. But right now in our lives, I feel that the two stories are people's truth now and there's nothing in the middle. Um, And I can't find any way to bridge the gap between the two because nobody, nobody wants to listen to each other anymore. So this record has a whole lot to do with my view on the world right now. That's why I say now I'm thinking that what we need is a flood because as a joke, it's a joke. You know, if me and you're talking, I'm going, man, the world needs a flood right now. Just straighten up this shit. And we laugh, you know, I just wrote a song about it. That's all. Um, But that's where I see it now. It's like, I don't know if we can fix this. Maybe, maybe the alternative is to just start over again. There's a new beginning. Every every beginning has to have an end. Right. You know, and the earth is, you know, uh, the way I look at it, the earth is a, is, is a living organism itself. Oh, yeah. We've had a toxic and, relationship with Mother Earth. We've been abused, right. abused and, and, and she's getting rid of us. She's getting she's breaking down the population. There's too many roaches. We got We got to we got to put a little pesticides up in here, you know, because Mother Earth will survive. And if we if we're wiped out, another species will come along and probably do the same thing. You know, but that's my philosophy. Well, I, I think the thing is, there's different mindsets, and probably that's why society has government and just different types of people. Some people are uh-huh. bees, some people are entertainers. Like I some agree, people think outside the box. Now I agree. Here's a challenge, like for someone like you, you you want to do all these great things, but you're also very empathetic and very mm-hmm. sensitive. Mm-hmm. So going into politics probably would have crushed your soul. With oh how yeah. Bad it is. But being a musician. Or, or an artist or anything else where you can express yourself and keep pushing the positivity of love or feelings or, or discussing anger and working it out, but, but putting it out there, you have control over that and you can focus and aim it as a target. Whereas if you took that brain of yours with your heart to politics, mm-hmm. you know, it, it would have been a, a mess. True. But I do find though that also that if a musician speaks a little too much about politics or religion, there's a backlash. Right. You're not talking about politics. It's, You're talking about human beings. And that's what I try. I try to keep it in that. Even when I say left and right, I'm still saying, I'm trying to equate the two as these are people. Mm-hmm. And they have a certain thought pattern it ain't that you're stupid and these idiots and can't they see and why don't they why don't they and I'm going what what about you you know because I could be wrong too with my political beliefs what I've learned you know I'm going maybe I'm wrong. You know, can we, can't we be open to that? And it seems like at now people don't want to be even, even open. Yeah. No, not unless you make a viral video of it. And then people might notice it for about 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and, then, and that's yeah, it. That's it. It's, it's you know, <laughs> the, the window of time, you know, so yeah. I think, you, you know, musicians that can talk about things without being preachy. It's mm-hmm. a fine line, but it's, 
you know, it's, it's something that's important if you can do it right, you know? Yeah, I try. You know, I think maybe YouTube probably always balances that line. They probably get a little, sometimes too far for some people, mm -hmm. and then they pull it back a little bit. What Whereas I love you about guys, YouTube, yeah. the thing about YouTube, and I've always, YouTube was probably my second or third favorite band in the whole world. I followed them from the beginning. I even got their demos before they got a record deal. I mean, I am a, a I was, I had posters of Bono and U2 all over my walls when they first came Great out. Early I, Great early oh, oh yeah. October changed my life. It, it, it showed me that I could speak my faith in a way that wasn't preachy. Mm -hmm. and Bono did that to me. Literally my lyrics changed from pointing the finger to going inside myself. Mm -hmm. And um, what was my point? <laughs> well, about, about them being too political, my point, I was going to say, like, the music oh, oh, is yeah, political. Yeah. He was, I think he's spoken right. out sometimes, and not in a negative way, but just, he, that's where I think the fans got kind of goofy. Right, and here's what, I, here was my point. King's X, all three of us were Christian. And because we were, they tagged us a Christian band, even though we didn't consider ourselves <laughs> one. Excuse me, right. Or, or we were trying to go out and preach and save the world. You two got away with it in one aspect, because one guy was and he and and everyone knew when you opened up Rolling Stone, it was these the three or two of them are Bible thumpers. The other two aren't Christian or three of them are back there reading their yep. Bibles. The other one's drinking and, and fucking chicks. So they got the good. OK, in Rolling Stone. But when when King's X got the Rolling Stone and the Gretchen album, um, we told each other, do not talk religion at all to this, to, to the interviewer, uh, David Frick. Uh, don't, because we knew that if he took that angle, it would be blasted a Christian band of Rolling Stones, which would be, would have been our death, because this was like 89. Okay, so it wasn't oh, cool. Yeah. To, the C word was not cool. And um, so we went in and did... Uh, th uh, three days with this with with, with um, he's I think he's the head of Rolling Stone now but we did three days with him he spent a day with each of us and he spent the Sunday with me and I never mentioned Christianity we talked about everything you could think of like we talk now then he says hey man we're done turn the tape off and he says hey uh, let's go out and have some dinner later and I go okay and we go out and have dinner he says so off the record um, uh, so what's your take on the Christian side of your, I mean, what's your Christian heritage and what happened? And so I spewed it all out to him and the interview turned into that. It made me look like I was a preacher who was going to go out to save the world. He really twisted it. And, um, and then the review was it, uh, n uh not a bad album. If you want to get beat over the head with loaves of bread and fish. What? It killed us. Rolling fucking stone. The, the, the magazine that I, I coveted, that I couldn't wait to be on the front of, to, to, the dream was to be on that magazine. Mm -hmm. and, and we got four and a half stars, which was what they give all the bands that they liked. So it was fine, but it just, you know, and from that point on, we've been that Christian band. And um, it never went away. Um, so, so that's the thing. If I if I had it just said fuck in the interview, they would have they would have let it go because they knew at that time in Christianity it was such bullshit. You had Jim Baker. You had uh, uh, what's his name? Um, um, uh, 
Well, you could go down the list, Oral yeah, Roberts, just, all those yeah. people, you know. What so, name? So, How does that name not sound like trouble? Everybody to begin with Oral is your name. I know it's it's crazy, you know. <laughs> uh, so anyway, you know that was that era of it was it was yeah it was interesting, and so that's why I feel like you two got away with it and we didn't. I think that we might have had a chance a little bit more of the masses hearing us at least, and, and also if they had put us in alternative music. But they put us in the metal section. Everywhere King's X was in the metal, and we weren't a metal band. Um, we weren't alternative either. We didn't sound like REM either. But you had some heavy dark riffs. I don't think they knew what to do with them. Right, but they put the cult on. That's what broke my heart. I'm going. You, you got the cult on. There was She Sell Sanctuary. That's fucking rocking hard, you know. I couldn't believe that they wouldn't play us because I, you know, to me King was kind of a, a throw off from She Sell Sanctuary. I mean, that song changed uh, my life when I heard it back and when it came out. And I'm thinking that is where I'm trying to head with this band. This U2 meets ACDC because that yeah. was in my head in 1985. You know, I was, that's what I was trying to accomplish. And I had written some songs that had that kind of a vibe, but they put it together and said, they taught me, they schooled me on that one. So, and yeah, and so King to me is sort of a, a derivative of, of that, the cult. Anyway, yeah, yeah so did, all that. But when that came uh, out, though, like, it didn't stick out though. You guys, like to me and other fans that probably stayed with you, you know, <laughs> the cult type following, do you hear, oh, I think they're religious man. I think they're Christian man. And but I think everyone's like, really? I don't know. I, this, they're not preaching to me. Like nobody cared. Exactly. No fans didn't care because I'm like, I'm like, I don't really hear that. I just hear positive music because yeah. Exactly. The, Even Dave Mustaine said to us. Well, Dave came up to us and said the reason he got into us because he heard we were a Christian band. Right. So it there was there was a there was a small. I mean, there was a whole lot of people that didn't know and didn't care, and then there was a few people who literally got into us because of it which is great too so it's sort of like it 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 worked for some reason it worked i wish it could have worked bigger but well, we it agree. was more a lo- like a lo- like a, a yeah like a positive like just a positive band about yeah. you know, love and life you, right. you know your it, lyrics weren't about slayer so i guess you, no you well and grunge was on its way and there was some angry kids coming i it mean was. it's like like jeff jeff Amon and chris Cunnell both said to me why were we so angry you know, because you're kids. Jeff, yes, yes. Jeff said to me, you know, we, why were we, we wanted to be rock stars. We wanted to be on the front cover of these magazines. Why did we act like we didn't? And I just kind of laughed. Chris said, why were we, so, what were you so angry about? And he just chuckled. That's pretty funny. I mean, yeah. Looking back, I mean, what do you do? You either be rock stars or be grunge, you know? The energy. So mm-hmm. you're young. This is a young person's energy. Yeah, it's you know? true. But the changes Every you've year. done, though, and, and mm-hmm. like you've, I mean, you can look back and your struggles have helped other people. You mm-hmm. know, like say, we're the Christian thing. Or what about being, um, you know, I mean, the rock industry is such a male, white, heterosexual industry. <laughs> yeah. In case you didn't notice, right? <laughs> uh, you know, I've never had a problem with it. I, you know, if, I remember watching an interview with uh, Michael Stipe, and uh, they said, so um, how, how do you feel about people knowing that you're gay? And uh, he said, oh, said people talk about that? And he says, I just, I never thought about it. I just do what I do. And that's how I've always been. Right. You know, if you ask me, I'll tell you. If you don't, right. I well, just keep on going. I'm saying, oh, you're, that's a role model. 
Yeah, for some, I know. For uh, younger children is what I'm saying. Right. A black man in mm -hmm. rock, a black mm -hmm. gay man who's being mm -hmm. successful and doing positive things. Mm -hmm. How many, how many, how many um, relatable things were there for people? You know what I mean? That's the yeah, and that, that's the thing. I've gotten stories from people that from from gay people that said that it changed their lives or they're alive today because they found out that I was or whatever, you know, um, for me personally, it's sort of like, just do what you do. And if you're doing it right, people will be inspired by it. And they will try to it'll, it'll inspire them like Jimi Hendrix did for me when when I heard Band of Gypsies, I said, okay, I'm a black boy and I can play rock. Right. I can do this because I did. But but my black people, my black friends in the community said, well, why are you playing that white boy music? Why are you playing Led Zeppelin? And so that, that did that for me. And I don't think they went out to purposely do that. They were just being themselves. They love rock music. And so that that's always been my point. And I know that there's a certain fraction of the gay community that, feel that I should speak up or stand up or, wear, or wave my flag. Yeah, and, I, and I feel like if I do that, it'll take away from everything. everything. Well, I agree. I agree. The mm -hmm. fact that you were just, it just happened to be like, you know, so-and-so, Bono's got a wife, you know, mm -hmm. so you're gay. It's just a part of you and you're going on with it and you're not waving the flag as making right. it, taking it from you. It's just a part of who you are mm -hmm. and you're living a positive life yeah. in an industry that's not dominated like that, you know, Rob Halford was fantastic doing that. You know, Desmond Child. Those were yeah. important. Oh, I didn't know. Yeah. I didn't know Desmond Child was awesome. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, we had a big talk on it. I, I was, that wasn't fantastic because he actually said he broke the ceiling. Yeah, he did. Because he was in there with all these rock bands from the 80s mm -hmm. and 90s, you know, talking about these. And these singing crazy... heterosexual songs. Right. He's in there so... writing with the most heterosexual macho guys ever songs. Right. And he, That's awesome. But, and he did it his way mm -hmm. which well he again, wrote this he wrote the same song with different lyrics in different keys for all those bands <laughs> was, he's actually pointed really out yeah together, they all sound like the same song he, he i loved it things. yeah that, but that's important what i'm saying and also the rock metal community has always been very it's probably one of the most open communities yeah. ever anyhow yeah so, i don't think it's that i just i just wanted to note that i think it's fantastic side it's awesome of, of your life that you've been a very positive influence i think I remember when I met um, Rob Halford about maybe five years ago, uh, he did a little clinic at NAM, and I went to, went out, I snuck in the back door to watch, you know, cause I'd never met him. And uh, lo and behold, the, the uh, announcer, the last question, he looked back and said, I see Doug Pinnock way back there. So you got any questions for Rob? And Rob says, I know who you are. And we had a, we had a little conversation there from, and then after the show, I went up to just to meet him officially. And he said, let's take a picture. And I pulled my camera out and I snapped. And he said, let me see it. And I'm, he looked and went, not bad for two old queens. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and I gave him a hug and it was like, there you are. It was like, we uh, there was no more ice between us. <laughs> it was awesome. That is awesome. His voice still is freaking awesome. He's, yeah, I know. he's a legend yeah. and, and he's also led. It's, that's a good thing, man. The lights you could have changed with your songs, your lyrics, and just being positive mm -hmm. and being yourself and out. Mm -hmm. Man, mm -hmm. that's a good thing to lay your head down at night. That's imagine <laughs> one person, you know what I'm saying? Well, for me to lay down my head, which I do now, is to accept the fact that I am 
because in the society that we're raised, there's always that thought in the back of your head. There's always that one little thought of what if they don't like me because, you know, and that never, it never went away. And it was always sort of a, a fear when you meet someone and then they find out and they walk away going, I have to deal with this for a minute or they go, Oh, you know, and, and that, that bothers me because, because it's not something I chose and it's not something that I've just put on. It is who I am. It's like if somebody looked at me and said they have a problem because I'm black. That's, I mean, it's, that's who you are. Uh, So, so that's always bothered me. But for some reason, turning 70, that, that that and a lot of things in my mind that that always I dragged with me left, and now I have it doesn't bother me. There's not a glitch if someone says anything negative about who I am or anything that I do. It, it's like I just go, "What am I supposed to do?" It, it, you know, you can't expect everybody to 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 accept you and love you. And I would be a, literally an idiot, a fool, to think that everyone would. And I just laugh. And yeah, walk generationally, away. generationally, where you came from, mm-hmm. your age and coming out to now, the world's a little bit better about it. It really is, and it's worse at the same time. Right, right. And I'm saying, <laughs> and that's, but I've heard <laughs> but of, of people that said that that um, older gay generation have talked and shared mm-hmm. with me like the difference of the younger mm-hmm. generation and what the this is, it's like two different worlds almost. Yes, because you know you don't have you don't have to worry about the discrimination as you did back in the day. Because more people are willing to say, I have no problem with it. Back in the day, people just wouldn't say anything. Mm-hmm. They would just keep their mouth shut. Even family members, oh, just just don't say anything. Just don't. You know, they always hush, hush, hush. Yeah. And now it's like people go, yeah, deal with it. And I go, fuck yeah. That's good. And that's, you know, it's just a positive thing I wanted to put out there. I'm not gonna, we're not going to go through every song here. I'll, I'll drag you back to the past again. When Sam Taylor was our manager, when we made the first four records, he was like a football coach. Mm-hmm. I mean, he would make us go over this song for seven hours over and over and over and over and over again. We hated him for it. But as a result of it, we got Gretchen and Faith Hope Love. And even to this day, most of those songs we could play in our sleep, you know, literally. And when right. you see us play them, you know, Lost in Germany, all those songs are like, there's so much going on. And it's like, they were just drilled into us. Well, swipe up to do that. We would have to lock ourselves away and get somebody to beat us over the head and make us do it. Cause we're not going to do that. And, and um, all the other songs, we're going to break our neck trying to make them happen, you know, but swipe up. We put some shit in that song. It's okay. That I don't think it's a good album. It's, it's, it's good. worth it. Okay. It's all good. I just love, ta- I love telling people that. Cause it's like, that's, that's, that's going to be a rough. The fact one. You it, actually you said know, that out loud. I was like, what? Yeah, and you never know, you know, you never know. I can't never say never. It's always been our uh, motto. Touring, so we got a lot of tours touring planned for this year. Um, after Ty's immune problem is fixed, when the doctors say he can go out without catching something and dying, um, we're going to be waiting for a little bit, a few months, I guess. And we do have a few weekends coming up in the next few months, which he can do weekends. Good. Fly in, and fly out. Bubble wrap. You guys got to stay around. That's Thank what we've guys. been doing. That's what we've been doing. And Jerry too. You know, since he had a couple heart attacks. Now he doesn't have a bad heart anymore. His heart's better than it ever was. His doctor says, even when he was younger. Wow. 
Um, he runs, he lifts, he waits. He, I mean, we're all extremely healthy. All three of us are. Um, you know, things catch up with you, I guess. Uh, but uh, so, you know, it's not like we're on our way out or anything like that. So we're going to get back out there and kill it, you know. That's awesome. Well, September 2nd, buy the album. Let's, let's make Doug's birthday. And yeah, send, oh, send, yeah. Send him wishes. September 3rd, it's out there now. Go on the social media and, and wish him happy birthday. Doug, Thanks. It's been a pleasure, man. Always.